And uh, welcome to Minnesota Home Ownership Center's Welcome Home Podcast. My name is Bill Gray, and today we're going to discuss the state's recently enacted first-generation down payment assistance program. This is a really big deal, folks. Joining me today are representatives from the three organizations that brought this proposal forward. We have Greta Getz, Director of Government Affairs for Twin Cities Habitat for Humanity. Welcome, Greta. Uh, we have Paul Egger, Senior Vice President of Governmental Affairs for Minnesota Realtors, a state-level trade association. Welcome, Paul. Thanks. And finally, my boss and president of the Minnesota Home Ownership Center, Julie Guggen. Welcome, Julie. Hi, Bill. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so we got three groups at the table, all very interested in promoting equity and home ownership here in Minnesota. And that's important since Minnesota has one of the worst racial home ownership gaps in the country. These gaps are the result of racist systems and practices around real estate that are part of our collective past. Here in Minnesota today, about 77% of white households own their own home compared to just 30% of black households. This new program is aimed squarely at reducing this gap. Uh, Paul, uh, Twin Cities Habitat and the Home Ownership Center work every day in the equitable home ownership space. Why is this issue so important also to Minnesota Realtors? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. And, um, you know, we're trying to bake diversity into everything we do at Minnesota Realtors. It's a priority for our members. And just a second ago, you read off the home ownership gap figures mm -hmm. and and our members, both on a transaction level as well as at the macro level, see home ownership and the, the value it brings to both individuals and communities. So it's something that, that we value as an organization, as a membership, to try to get as many people into home ownership as we can. And this is really an important opportunity to make some progress on that home ownership gap. And it's been a pleasure working with our partners here at the table. Yeah, great. I appreciate that, Paul. Um, you know, that's the thing people miss sometimes. The home ownership helps the entire community in, in so many different ways. Um, I, so uh, I'd like to also hear more about how this coalition between the three groups came together. And how did you settle on down payment assistance as the vehicle to try to reduce that ownership gap? Um, Julie, why don't we uh, start with you? How did this group come together? Initially, the Home Ownership Center's interest in um, transforming down payment assistance came out of our work with the Home Ownership Opportunity Alliance, mm -hmm. which is a group of lenders, realtors, uh, government and nonprofits who are interested in this very topic, the racial home ownership gap. And we heard from many of them that down payment assistance doesn't, in its current form, doesn't always reach the people who need it most. Mm -hmm. um, and it's difficult to use. So many lenders, realtors, and even consumers are hesitant to use some of these down payment assistance programs because they're complicated, um, the parameters change from program to program, et cetera. So we decided that down payment assistance was important to us. We reached out to our partners at Minnesota Realtors Association, who we have worked with um, for many years on a variety of topics, and shared our idea about thinking transformationally mm -hmm. about DPA. And um, they said, Let, let's, let's think about this from a real um, data analytics standpoint. Let's really get an understanding about what's needed. And the realtors supported an important study that we completed that pointed us in the direction of the first generation down payment assistance program that we recently worked with all three of our organizations to get passed. 
Um, we also work closely with Twin Cities Habitat for Humanity on a variety of legislative issues and uh, our interest in um, down payment assistance aligned with work that Habitat was doing and it just it just turned out being a perfect match for getting this work done. Perfect, perfect. I know it was a fun group to work with because um, I, I worked with you as well and putting some of this stuff together. Um, so uh, let me turn to you, Greta. Why DPA? Um, and, and, and you're using this, you know, you're trying to reduce the owner, racial ownership gap, but this program's open to all. So how do you think that's going to work? Yeah, definitely. So as Julie mentioned, Habitat has worked with the Home Ownership Center for a number of years at the legislative level. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a shared legislative agenda, and we have worked in different spaces within affordable homeownership. So we often talk about the three Ps, production, preservation, and preparation. And we found after a couple of years kind of working really closely on the production side of things that we wanted to lend our voices to issues of not only the need for more units of affordable homeownership, but also also that question of access, mm -hmm. who's actually able to access the homeownership opportunities that we're working so hard to create. Um, so we want to be explicit about that and how that can also translate into reducing the racial homeownership gap. So as Julie mentioned, um, the research that HOC and the realtors found, which I'll have Paul talk about in a second, yeah. um, really identified down payment assistance as the significant barrier to achieving homeownership. And particularly for folks who do not have access to generational wealth, so whose parents or grandparents maybe never owned a home, um, would not have been able to transfer that um, down payment or that equity built up in their home ownership uh, to another generation in order to buy a home themselves. So we do believe that using that definition of first gen, while it's more expansive, it will still lead to the program being accessed primarily by home buyers of color. Um, and Paul, if you want to kick off a little bit more about the research, that'd be great. Let me ask you this, so so because so, I want to make sure I hear what you're saying. I'm, I'm, it, so it sounds to me like almost by definition, there's more uh, uh, first generation households out there of color than there are, uh, you know, white households. And so this is this is kind of what we're talking about. This is the group that's been left out. And so by definition, there will be more first gen in that. Is that what we're saying? That's correct. Okay. Okay. That's really and first generation cool. essentially means neither your parents nor your grandparents right. owned a home. Or if you so, lost your home, I think I yes, read. Yes. Yes. Right. Or Perhaps they owned a home but lost it to foreclosure. Closure, eminent domain, some of that stuff right. that went on. Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, Paul, the thing that I read uh, about the research was um, that uh, I think I read just ten thousand five hundred could could move the gap by, and I forget that number. So, I'm going to turn it over to you. Tell us about that research. I think I think the number you're talking about is something like eighteen percent. Okay. And, you know, the number isn't even as important as the concept that. We had a lot of untapped potential households that could afford home ownership, uh -huh. but otherwise just weren't homeowners and weren't looking at that as a as a viable opportunity. And so, as part of this project, when Julie approached us to see if we were interested and we were kicking around ideas for for research, we really focused on coming up with a, a research proposal that was both qualitative. So we had some focus groups, and this was COVID, so they were mm -hmm. online focus yeah. groups that we call bulletin boards, um, which was new terminology, mm -hmm. I think, to both of us. We all learned quickly. <laughs> yeah, so so there was the, the qualitative piece and kind of listening to both prospective home buyers as well as new homeowners about their experience. But then also the economic research mm -hmm. uh, that Rosen Consulting Group 
was able to do that led to the the number that you're citing um and that really pointed out as greta as greta alluded to a second ago that of the roadblocks to home ownership lack of sufficient down payment capital is you know probably the largest obstacle mm. to somebody who doesn't have that generational wealth mm -hmm. and so that really led us to focusing on a down payment assistance initiative and that's where it started to, to really start to take shape and where on the qualitative research side i think that really led in my opinion maybe credit and julie have different thoughts but i think that's that really set the groundwork for let's listen to experts mm -hmm. that run down payment assistance programs that are familiar with this space that know the challenges that that prospective home buyers face when trying to put their down payment together and uh, so that's why the proposal was really informed by those experts. And mm -hmm. so I think that all really started with the research and particularly that qualitative side. So this is data-driven and input from the community. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, let's let's talk about bill specifics here. Uh, so this is, um, uh, I, I can't remember how much um, is coming for this first-generation homeownership problem um, or, or program. Uh, so, um, let's talk about that. How much are we talking? How many households we think that'll meet? How easy is it going to be to, to do this? I know they're figuring some of this stuff out as we speak. Um, and then maybe a timeline. Are we talking next week, next year? You know, who wants to take that? It's a big one. I, I can start <laughs> off if you'd like and then Greta, sure. please jump in. Sure. So the initial, the initial proposal, um, that the, the coalition brought forward, was for $176 million that was projected to help at least 5,000 um, uh, households achieve home ownership. The legislature in the, in the housing bill that was passed and signed by the governor included $150 million for first-generation down payment assistance. Of that, it was split $100 million going to the coalition's proposal, which relies on community development financial institutions or CDFIs that are located throughout the state to deliver that assistance in communities. And then $50 million would go to the Minnesota Housing Finance Agency for that agency to run a similar but different program with slightly different parameters. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is, uh, generally speaking, um, that a home buyer who's eligible, so they're a first time or first generation home buyer, so they meet that criteria, they'd be able to access up to 10% of the purchase price or up to $32,000 uh, for a down payment. And it's structured as a forgivable loan, but it's really a grant as long as the home buyer uses it as their primary residence mm -hmm. and uh, they stay in the home for five years. Mm -hmm. So these are all details that were well, well discussed mm -hmm. uh, yeah. over the past couple of years and, and everything had a reason uh, for being in the bill. So those are kind of the the, lar the 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 out that's the outline of, of the grant and we're talking about down payment assistance you know so many households out there uh, are paying rent um, if they wanted to apply for a mortgage that's the hurdle the down payment um, so uh, but for that they could be homeowners and so this is a program to try to make that start to happen more than it is right now uh, right that's yeah that, right? no that's a great point that that's these there are a few other details that are really important that um, that the group discussed and was part of the proposal that made it into law. And one is you can work with any mortgage lender mm -hmm. of your choice. So right. this isn't limited to – so if you qualify for a first mortgage, you right. can use your mortgage lender. 
You can also reserve funds, which is something that was really right. important to the group because often um, down payment assistance programs are overprescribed. Yep. They're very limited geographically. So a, a city may have a program with very limited dollars and they're taken and gone before right. uh, you can really apply for it. So this is statewide, use the lender of your choice, can reserve funds. So all of these are, are programmatic details that we think will be really beneficial to buyers that are going to be able to to tap into these resources in the future. So it's designed to be much more accessible than some of these other programs. And that's a really, and, and probably a topic for a, for a future program. Uh, we are working with other groups, you guys as well, I'm sure, on um, best practices for down payment assistance. And they do revolve around how much are we talking about, what actually makes a difference. You know, stop making it, uh, you know, only work in this zip code or this side of the street in this neighborhood, that kind of stuff. Um, so th this is... You know, this goes towards that. This is all about accessibility. Um, so I heard you talk about community community development financial institutions, and I think tribal entities as well. I read that. Um, what are we talking about there, and who wants who wants to talk about that? I can start with that I, one. I don't know what they are. Are they a bank? Uh, essentially, so a community development financial institution or a CDFI mm -hmm. is a community-based lender. So these CDFIs can um, lend to home buyers directly. They can lend to other nonprofits. They can lend to businesses and do things like economic development work. Um, but essentially, the entire goal is that they're going to be reaching populations who would otherwise not be able to access traditional banking systems. So we at Twin Cities Habitat for Humanity do have a CDFI, mm -hmm. TCHFH Lending, Inc. Um, and that's something that we use within the homeownership space to do our mortgage lending to our home buyers. Um, this program was specifically developed in order to leverage that network of CDFIs. They're all over the state of Minnesota. Um, and then to also use tribal entities, other nonprofits, and really lean into those groups that are already working naturally with a network of people throughout the state. Okay. Yeah. So that flexibility that Paul mentioned, um, yeah. that this is statewide, was something we really looked towards and wanted to make sure that the deployment was able to be accessed by people within a community with right. folks that they are already in a trusted relationship with. Okay, so so it's not like the consumer has to know who the CDFI is that they have to go to for this. They can do it through their normal processes and it's just set up so that it flows easily and is already kind of, you know, has its path, so to speak. We will rely on realtors, uh, lenders, mortgage lenders, nonprofits, and we will have an outreach program mm -hmm. to make consumers aware of how to access the town, the down payment funds. So um, some people may choose to talk with their lender mm -hmm. about what down payment assistance is available. And the ideal scenario is that that lender knows about our first gen program and will work collaboratively with the CDFI to originate the down payment while they are working through the first mortgage process. Perfect. That's one example of how that mm -hmm. could work. Okay. And I do know we have plans for educating. We're working with the Minnesota Mortgage Association and others to kind of talk about how this is going to work as it's figured out. Um, so this all sounds really well thought out. Well done. Well done. Um, so um, viewers and listeners, uh, if, if you're hearing what I'm hearing anyways um, on the news, you know that there was a lot 
happening this year to advance affordable and stable housing, more than just what we're talking about here. Um, I know a couple of you, three of you are, are kind of lobbyists in this area. Uh, what did I hear? How much for, for housing and stable housing this year? Total. We're talking about over a billion dollars. Over a billion dollars. So what what kind of things are we talking about? Yeah, I can start. Everything um, from rental yeah, to across homeless the entire to... across the entire continuum of housing. So primarily um, that billion dollar target. Um, so that's the budget for the Minnesota Housing Finance Agency and programs that are run through that side. Okay. So if you add in things that also come through other areas, um, including the Department of Human Services that does a lot of homelessness programs, mm -hmm. that's where we get to over a billion dollars for housing mm -hmm. total. Okay. Um, but within that, that billion dollar target, yeah, it's it's programs um, from the side of the continuum that's working with people coming out of homelessness into supportive housing, all the way through rental assistance, a ton of dollars for production uh, mm, for both multifamily needed. and single yep. family, um, and then all the way up to accessing homeownership too um, into our down payment assistance bill. So the legislature um, is is thinking holistically here. Big, big things coming for home ownership, but also not just home ownership because we got to think about the whole continuum. That sound right? I think that was the goal all along. Yeah. Okay. If I okay. could just add one yeah. thing, I think Greta did a great job of describing the housing bill, but kind of built what you were alluding to. There are other pieces of legislation. I just mentioned, you know, the tax bill, for example, mm -hmm. has a lot of property tax relief in it. Uh -huh. Because one thing that we at Minnesota Realtors are always concerned about is making sure that home ownership is sustainable uh -huh. as well. And some of those programs are really helpful at once somebody is a homeowner and maybe their property taxes are rising more quickly uh, in relative to their income, that there are some programs that are that are available at the state level to help make sure that uh, that home buyer has some resources uh, yeah. available. So there's some good programs that were that were uh, funded in the tax bill on on property tax relief. Good, good. And Julie, you and I were talking HECAT increase as well, right? And HECAT is? HECAT stands for Homeownership Education Counseling and Training. And it is a fund that um, the state legislature has funded for many years. And this year it saw almost a 100% increase in dollars available for the biennium. So what that means is that agencies that offer homebuyer education and counseling and financial coaching will have access to more dollars um, with an emphasis on working in communities of color and doing outreach in communities of color. So we're excited about that. And I think that is worth noting that our coalition has recognized all along that the combination of down payment assistance and homeownership education and counseling mm -hmm. is a, re a really important factor in um, addressing the racial homeownership gap. So that, that combination is really important. Right. It's all, it's all related. Well, this has been a really great conversation. Um, uh, congrats to the legislature. Uh, so much that happened this year. Um, and uh, I want to talk more about this program in a future show as it develops and rolls out. So um, there we go. As always, if you're interested in exploring homeownership for your own household, you can take a home buying class and enlist the help of a homeownership advisor for free. This is the HECAT stuff we were just talking about uh, by going to our website, hocmn.org. Our advisors and educators are embedded in organizations across the state, and they'll work with you to help get you mortgage ready, educate you on the buying process from A to Z, and they'll walk with you through every step of the process. 
process. I want to thank our guests today, uh, Paul Egger, uh, Greta Getz, and Julie Guggen. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks Appreciate so that. And uh, in closing, I want to acknowledge our sponsors, Associated Bank, Bremer Bank, Midwest One Bank, and Old National Bank. Our sincere thanks to, thanks to each of these organizations for their continued support. Uh, that's it for today. Thanks for watching and listening. So there we go. Nice.